when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. <laughs> Go Raider Nation, and welcome to Just Pod Baby with your host, Evan Grote, your home for Raiders news, notes, and information. You can follow me on Twitter, egrote5, and as always, you can check out more of my work over at silverandblackpride.com. Later on the show, I'll be joined by Kevin Bowen, who is a reporter, a writer, and a radio personality for 1070 AM, The Fan in Indianapolis. We're going to kick off the show this week by discussing another very disappointing loss again in Week 3. Much more disappointing than the, the loss in Week 2, if you ask me, because, you know, at least in Week 2, the Raiders um, got off to a decent start, got off to that early 10-0 lead before things completely fell apart in the second quarter. However, in Minnesota, the Raiders never really seemed to have a chance in this one. Um, the Raiders trailed early in the game. They got behind 21 nothing um, early in the second quarter, and, and you just kind of got the sense or you, you had the feeling that the game was really over at that point. They just had no chance. And besides the career day by Darren Waller, there was very little positives to take away from this game. Uh, from an offensive standpoint, Derek Carr did not play well, despite what his final stat line showed. Uh, he went back to being very impatient at times, not pushing the ball down the field, kind of just settling for those short um, dump-off routes that just were, were not very effective against a good defense. Um, again, just kind of settling for what the defense was giving him too often. The run game was was not very effective at all. Uh, we know that Josh Jacobs was kind of dealing with a sickness throughout the week, so he wasn't. Um, he only he only had the ball ten times, ten carries for forty four yards, so he wasn't heavily involved. Uh, DeAndre Washington and and Jalen Richard were a little bit more involved than we we've, we've seen in the past couple weeks, but they were they were a non factor in the game as well. Uh, Tyrell Williams, who who had looked good in, in the previous couple weeks, was was completely shut down by Xavier Rhodes. Um, he did score a, a a garbage time touchdown late in the game, but but really he was he was uh, quiet in the game. And as I mentioned earlier, if it were not for Darren Waller on his thirteen catches, I don't know where the Raiders would have uh, would have gotten any offensive from. So it was it was a, a poor performance by the offense. Defensively, you know they were absolutely gashed by Delvin Cook and Alex Madison, which which was really um, tough to see because they were so strong against the run in the previous two games. But obviously, Delvin Cook, um, he's off to a great start this season. He leads the league in rushing, and uh, you know they they just had no answer for him. The Vikings' offensive line completely dominated the Raiders' offensive line. I went back and and watched the film and. My God, some the size of some of these holes and, and, and gaps that they were creating and, and they were able to run through was really just amazing. Um, Curtis Riley, who who you know got the start in replace of uh, uh, Jonathan Abrams, uh, was just torched multiple times by multiple players. Um, most notably on that thirty-five yard scoring play to Adam Thielen, which was their first score of the game. Uh, once again, the Raiders have had issues covering the tight end. Um, 
their rookie tight end there. Uh, Irv Smith Jr. had a nice, decent day, and they just they struggled to, c- to cover the tight end. Whether it's a linebacker, Tyre Whitehead trying to cover a, a tight end, or Carl Joseph, they just have not been able to do it uh, for the past several years. And to make things worse, there were several injuries um, in the game that um, that were, are going to be an issue for the, the defense going forward, in particular uh, at the linebacker group. So overall, it was just a bad week for the Raiders. Uh, to me, it really had this the, the kind of feel as as many of the losses did last year in 2018, where, where as a fan you just felt hopeless. You just you just felt that there was there was uh, things were never going to get any better. Um, and, and I knew going into the season that this team was going to lose many more games than it was going to win. I wasn't one of those people who believed they could go ten and six or or anything like that. Um, but I, I just think that. Um, the past two weeks have been extremely frustrating because of the way they've lost. Um, it just looks like they're being outcoached. They're being outprepared. Um, the, the quarterback play has been suspect um, with the exception of week one. And uh, the defense just continues to struggle. So um, I was hoping to see a little bit more improvement. Um, I know the Chiefs obviously are one of the top teams in the league, and and the Vikings are a very good team as well. But still, um, again, again, the way they've lost has not has not been promising at all. Now, I do want to segue over to uh, what I was mentioning previously about the quarterback and the coach. Look, we all know how much money has been invested in both Gruden and Carr, and the bottom line is. Um, as much as we all want to remain positive and, and continue to support them, I've got to be honest with you. I don't think I'd be doing uh, my job as, as the host of this podcast uh, if I wasn't. They're not pulling their weight. Bottom line, I don't think Gruden has done a great job, especially this year, um, adjusting to, to what defenses are doing to, to, to him. Um, you know, They're giving him some different looks. They're trying to take certain things away, and we are just not seeing those adjustments that you would expect out of a coach who's, who's known as an offensive play-calling guru. Now, an example of this would be from last week's game against the Vikings where Darren Waller, who is arguably one of the uh, best weapons the Raiders have on offense, did not receive his first target until midway through the second quarter. Now, there's a combination of factors that could have went into that. Maybe it was Carr just not getting in the ball. I know the Vikings were obviously doing as much as they could to keep him you know, out of the game, or from wrecking the game, I should say. But that's just not acceptable. Um, you got to get your ball to your best players. Uh, another example would be Josh Jacobs. And by Gruden's own admission after the game, uh, or I should say the next day after the game, he has not been getting Jacobs involved in the passing game as much as he should. They used a first-round pick on Jacobs. He was he was touted as a, a, a dual threat back who could catch the ball, who could who can block, who can carry the ball, and they're just not using him like that. So it just doesn't really make any sense to me. And I personally expected more from this offense, even with the loss of Antonio Brown. Now my final point on Gruden um, has been beyond his his scripted plays. We all know he likes to script his first. Uh, series or first possession of the game but beyond that the offense has really struggled we just aren't seeing again as I mentioned those those adjustments being made when when the defense counters what he's doing he has just not shown the ability to counter their moves and it's really uh, been a struggle as far as Carr is concerned I made some comments about him this week on Twitter and and some of you agreed and, and some of you did not which is which is fine you're all entitled to your own opinion uh, but for me, it's the inconsistencies that really is worrisome. 
I want to see Carr go weeks where one week he looks great and the following week he looks terrible. I, I want to see that come to an end. I want to see more consistency from Carr. Um, again, he looked very good in week one. He looked in control. He looked in command, confident. And then uh, from the from the second quarter on uh, into the Vikings game, you know he looked he looked very poor. And um, again, it's not like the Chiefs' defense is exactly the the steel curtain or or the eighty five Bears. That, that is not a great defense. That's a that's a defense that you should be able to move the ball on and score points. Now, what I really want to see from Carr is I want to see Carr make the people around him better. I haven't seen that from him. People always use the excuse that he doesn't have very good weapons around him. Um, but if you look at last year's roster or even the, the roster before, there's upgrades all over the place. They went out and got him a new right tackle. Uh, another year for Colton Miller, who seems much improved. They upgraded the left guard spot. They brought in a number one receiver in Tyrell Williams. You upgraded the slot receiver position with Hunter Renfro. Um, the tight end spot is arguably has not missed a beat. Um, Darren Waller looking to pick right up where uh, Jared Cook left off. And obviously you have the upgrade at running back. So to me, on paper, the, the roster on offense looks better. So that is no longer an excuse. And, and I've seen plenty of quarterbacks in the league who make average receivers look very good. And Russell Wilson is one of those players who does that. So I, I, I think that unless Carr is able to string together some, some consistency here, some good games where... You know the Raiders can can win some games and are competitive in games. The team is scoring points. Um, if he can't do that, you're going to start to begin to hear those murmurs about replacing him again. And I know it's early. I know it's only week four, uh, but we all know that 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 is uh, bound to happen um, if things do not improve for this team. It always comes back to the quarterback and the coach. Uh, quarterback is 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 the most high profile position in football. And when you have a quarterback who's making the kind of money that Derek Carr is, as well as a head coach who's making the kind of money that Gruden is, it's always going to fall back on them. Um, and one other thing that I want to keep in mind with Carr is is next year is the first year that the Raiders can cut Carr and not have a ridiculous amount of uh, dead cap money um, left. The, the cap hit to Carr next year is $21.5 million if they keep him. And if they should move on with without him, uh, it would only leave $5 million in dead cap money. So that is certainly something that makes all of this the more interesting. So, so keep an eye on that. That's going to do it for segment one. Up next is headlines. Blue 42, blue 42, set, hey! All right, I've got a few uh, quick headlines for you. Headline number one, some roster moves were made this week. Most notably, Ryan Grant was released. Uh, life really came at Grant quite fast. Uh, just think, a couple weeks ago, he was the starting wide receiver, too, for the Raiders. And uh, last week, he was a healthy scratch, and now uh, he's been released from the team. So uh, that was that, that all happened quite quite fast for, for Grant. And I don't really have any other information as to why he was let go so quickly other than the fact that he just was not productive in the first two games. Uh, he caught only four passes for 14 yards in his two starts. And uh, we all know how impulsive Gruden can be, so apparently he had just seen enough. Headline number two, if, uh, as I previously mentioned, uh, the Raiders linebackers group, they got really beat up on Sunday in Minnesota. Uh, Markel Lee and Nicholas Morrow both suffered an uh, ankle injuries, and, and Vontez Burfecht, who who came into the game with a, with a number of nagging injuries, added an elbow to his list. 
now, Markel Lee was the one who really suffered a, a serious injury, and because of that, he was placed on IR this week. Headline number three. In a corresponding move to Lee being placed on the IR, the Raiders went out and signed uh, linebacker Dakota Allen off the Rams practice squad. Now, many of you may be familiar with Dakota Allen. If you uh, if you watch the Netflix documentary Last Chance U, he was he was a star of one of the the seasons, and I believe he was the um, first player from the show to be drafted. If I if I'm correct. Um, the Raiders got a good look at Allen throughout the summer during the joint practices they had with the Rams uh, prior to the Week 1 preseason game. Headline number four, uh, because of the depleted linebacker crew, uh, they, the Raiders did go out and add a second linebacker to the active roster this week when they called up Justin Phillips from their own practice squad. Phillips is an undrafted free agent. Uh, don't really know too much about him. Um, I know he was uh, he's out of Oklahoma State. And he was originally signed by the Cowboys, I believe, uh, but he was added to the Raiders roster just after uh, or just before Week One. So that's uh, those are your headlines for for Week Four. When we return from this quick break, I'll uh, take a take a quick peek at the uh, injury report for both teams, and then we will preview this week's matchup with Kevin Bowen from 1070 The Fan in Indianapolis. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, so I pulled up the injury report here, and this is the final injury report as of Friday night. Uh, I'll start with the Raiders. Uh, there were several concerns after the game with a few different players on the Raiders who suffered some injuries during the game. Uh, Trent Brown, uh, who was who was dealing with an uh, ankle injury, he was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. He was a full go Friday. He's listed as questionable for his game status. Vontez Perfect with that elbow, the knee, and the shoulder. Limited Wednesday, Thursday, full participant Friday. Um, I would expect him to be um, good to go for the game on Sunday. Uh, Dwayne Harris and Gabe Jackson, obviously those guys are out this week. Linebackers Nick Morrow and Kyle Wilbur, they were both limited uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and they were full go on Friday. I would expect both of them to be active on Sunday as well. There was two players who popped up kind of later in the week for the Raiders on the injury report, and that is uh, guard Jordan Devy with a growing injury. He was limited Thursday and Friday. He's questionable for Sunday, so I guess it could be Denzel Good would be the next man up there. And Benson Miowa with a knee uh, who was limited on Thursday, but he was full goal Friday, so he appears to be he appears to be okay. Uh, we'll jump over to the Colts now who have a – Quite an extensive list uh, here for their injury report. I'm going to start with, uh, we'll start with um, T.Y. Hilton on the offensive side of the ball with a, with a quad. He did not practice at all this week. He is doubtful. He's been labeled as doubtful for the game. Uh, some other notable players for the Colts, cornerback Dier, uh, Pierre Desaire with a hamstring. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. He is limited on Friday, and he is listed as questionable for the game. 
Um, some some real big names here on the defensive side of the ball. Malik Hooker with a knee did not participate all week. He was ruled out today. Uh, linebacker Darius Leonard dealing with concussion. He was um, ruled out today as well because he did not participate in practice at all this week. And defensive end Tyquan Lewis, who's dealing with an ankle, also did not participate all week. He was also ruled out uh, this week. Uh, there's one other name that I do want to mention here, or two other names, I should say. Um, the other defensive end, Jabal Sheard, with a knee. He was limited all week, and he's listed as questionable, so keep an eye on that. As well as Ryan Kelly, who's the center. He had an illness earlier in the week. He did not participate on Wednesday. He was a full go on Thursday and Friday, so it does appear that he will be available for the game on Sunday, but... Uh, but certainly some some big losses there for that Colts defense. And the one you really want to keep an eye on is the status of T.Y. Hilton as we get closer to game time on Sunday. Up next is my uh, interview with Kevin Bowen from 1070 AM, the fan in Indianapolis. Joining me now on the line is Kevin Bowen, who is a writer, reporter, and radio personality for 1070 AM, The Fan in Indianapolis. Kevin has also covered the Colts since 2012. Kevin, thanks for the time. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, Evan. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Uh, Let's get right into this. Uh, The Colts' season did not get off to an ideal start uh, when, when Andrew Luck decided to retire just a week before the season. However, if you look at the team's uh, win-loss record, uh, it doesn't seem like they've really missed a beat. Uh, they, like I said, they've gotten off to a good start at 2-1. and one. Um, How has the transition from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett gone so far for the Colts? I mean, pretty seamless, I think. You know, even with Andrew Luck under center, I think a lot of Colts fans would have signed up for 2-1, and one, you know, after three weeks, considering you opened up on the road against the Chargers and the Titans the first two weeks of the season. And I would say a big advantage the Colts had was Andrew Luck was out for the entire offseason of 11-on-11 reps. It was Jacoby Brissett taking all the first-team work with the starting offense. So that was um, an advantage that they did have of, you know, not completely blindsided from the sense of, oh, my gosh, you know, our backup quarterback has taken normal backup reps. So they benefited from that, and Brissett's been pretty good. Um, You know, he's given you winning football, and he's definitely not been the reason that, you know, they've been in – two really close games to start the year and then kind of held on a week three. He played really well last week against the Falcons and has protected the football uh, pretty well. Seven touchdowns and one pick through the first few weeks. So I think the Colts are really pleased with the quarterback play they've gotten and to be two and one through the first three games. Now I was taking a look at the uh, injury report for this week and I, I did see that there uh, were, were three players that were ruled out today. Uh, Darius Leonard, Malik Hooker, and Tyquan Lewis. Um, how, how does that affect the loss of those three guys? How does that affect the Colts defense? Well, Hooker and Leonard are you know, two of the top five or six players on this team, period, either side of the ball. Um, you could probably make the argument that they're the two most talented defensive players um, that you have. And so up the middle um, is where they're gashed with the Falcons last week. Hooker got banged up in that game. Leonard didn't play in that game. So the Colts will start two rookies in their place. Bobby Okariki out of Stanford. And then uh, Kari Wills out of Michigan State will be the starting safety for Malik Hooker. His skill set doesn't quite match up with Hooker. Hooker is thought to be more of that center field, rangy, hash mark to hash mark guy. Willis is thought to be more of kind of a box safety. Uh, so that'll be something that I'll be interested to see if Derek Carr does try and test the Colts a little bit vertically. And then without Leonard, 
you know, Austin Hooper had a big day as a tight end for the Falcons last week. You know, we know full well what Oakland has in the tight end position. So that'll be an area of concern for the Colts. And it's a defense that I don't think has played very well here in 2019. When they play better quarterbacks, they struggle. And they struggled last year against Derek Carr. And he had, what, 17 straight completions, I think it was, at one point in the game last year. Matt Ryan had 22 of 23, I think it was, in the second half last week. So uh, there are some issues with, with this Colts defense that I think, uh, you know, Oakland definitely doesn't have, you know, I, I think the skill of what Atlanta had at, at the, you know, pass-catching weapons. Um, but I still think from a quarterback standpoint, there is a guy that can, um, you know, make some, make some big, big plays for you. Now, in addition to uh, the three players that we just talked about, I did see some other names on that injury report, uh, like T.Y. Hilton, uh, Jabal Sheard, Ryan Kelly, Pierre Desir. So, what is your what are your expectations on on some of those other guys that are are you know a little bit banged up? Well, as we're recording this, I think the injury report just came out, and it looks like T.Y. Hilton is doubtful um for sunday so let's start there uh clearly the biggest name on the injury report um he did not practice all week obviously a doubtful designation usually means that guy doesn't play um or you know very very unlikely that he plays he aggravated um a quad injury in the win over the falcons so uh, that's a huge loss you know i know last year in the game he only had one catch but just his presence in the field um, it opens things up for a 200-yard run day that the Colts had last year against Oakland or, you know, a three uh, three t- t- touchdowns from the tight ends as well. So, um, you know, that is a big, big loss for the Colts. Uh, again, it doesn't look like he will play. Uh, Pierre Desir, I think only practiced. Let me take a look at the injury report. Real He was limited on Friday. So, I didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. I think he'll try and give it a go. Um, al Muhammad is a starting defensive end. He was full participant on Friday. I think he will go as well. So, um, yeah, maybe not a whole lot of kind of game day decisions. Hilton is the biggest name. And unless, you know, he gets bumped up to being questionable or something on Saturday, it looks like the Pro Bowl wideout is going to miss uh, Sunday's game. So if, if T.Y. Hilton should miss the game, uh, give us a name or two who, who we should keep an eye on as kind of like the next man up for the Colts receivers. Well, a couple of um, you know guys that have bounced around a few places. I guess Chester Rogers hasn't bounced around a few places, but he's an undrafted free agent. Uh, Zach Pascal and Chester Rogers are names of guys that returned from the Colts last year. Well, you know, played very meaningful snaps for this team late in the season when they went on their playoff run. And then two other younger names, definitely more intriguing names, are Deion Kane, a six-round draft pick two years ago out of Clemson, and then Paris Campbell, their rookie out of Ohio State, uh, who was taken late in the second round. You know, Campbell is a guy that can fly fastest 40-yard dash of anybody at the Combine. Kane is a little bit of a bigger threat, who when Devin Funches went down in week one, looked like he would be a guy that would step in and play a bigger role. We haven't seen that yet, but he's a talented guy that also brings some vertical speed as well. Uh, But I really stress the tight end position and the running backs. I think the Colts will focus on that, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if either of those young wideouts, Campbell and Kane, two guys that they're really high on, if – if they can, you know, make make a little bit more of an impact than we've seen this season. Speaking of the Colts' run game, I do want to talk next about Marlon Mack. He's currently third in the NFL in rushing. He's got 299 yards on the season. I've actually followed him quite closely because he's on my fantasy team. 
Um, but I've also I've also noticed that uh, Jacoby Brissett, he's a little bit lower. He's in the lower half of the league and passing attempts with 92 on the season. Now, is this a part of the plan for Frank Reich? Does he wanna Does he wanna um, you know pound the ball and kind of have Brissett be more of a game manager, or has this been more of an issue of just game flow? Well, I, I think it's just the Colts playing to their strengths. I mean, you, you look at their offensive line, it's four top 40 picks on that offensive line. And Marlon Mack is able to run behind one of the more talented draft capital invested lines in the entire NFL. So I think that's what Frank Reich wants to do. Definitely early in the season, it was a little bit more of a dink and dunk approach, but they did open things up last week. There was no game manager about what he did last week. Um, he pushed the ball down the field and was a big reason why they won. Atlanta and Tennessee, the past two games, have definitely tried to load the box and really stop the run. Um, so I'll be curious to see if Oakland takes that approach as well. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just more so playing to your strengths and just having a big philosophy of wanting to be a team that, that pounds the football. Kevin Bowen on the line with me here. We're just previewing this weekend's Raiders-Colts uh, game in week four. Um, I was looking at some of the numbers, and I um, was – I noticed the Colts defense ranks 20th against the run. As you talked, you mentioned a little bit about their uh, their run defense earlier, and, and 12th against the pass. So l- let's put you in the shoes of John Gruden. How would you go about looking to attack this Colts defense this weekend? Well, I think it's take the dink and dunk approach that the Colts are going to give you and try to just methodically move your way down the field. Um, that is kind of how we've seen this defense struggle at times when the offense makes own self-inflicted mistakes. That's where the Colts benefit. They don't really create a lot on their own. They're a very simple defense from a schematic standpoint. They sit back in a cover two. They didn't get any pass rush on Matt Ryan last week. And, you know, as I mentioned, you know, Derek Carr got into a great rhythm against this team last year. Um, so that's the approach that, that, that I would take. The Colts are typically, they started a little bit this season, but last year they were a pretty good run defense standpoint. Um, but I would try and, you know, kind of dink and dunk, test the middle of the field, maybe take a shot or two vertically with Malik Hooker not in the lineup. That's how I would probably attack things on the defensive side. Well, if you're looking for a team to dink and dunk, the Raiders are your team because if, I'm not sure if you have uh, have paid attention at all to the Raiders' last two games, but they, they've actually been criticized quite heavily for you know not taking any chances, pushing the ball downfield, and, and too much dinking and dunking. So it sounds like that may be something we see again this week. Um, I got a couple more questions here for you. The, the Raiders' um, two main receiving targets on offense for them are uh, wide out Tyrell Williams on the outside and and their tight end Darren Waller, who you know works the middle of the field. Uh, based on what you know about the Colts' defense, how, how will they plan to you know try to slow these guys down? I'm not sure if they have a, a corner who travels or um, you know, and, and also how will they um, look to uh, defend against Waller? Uh, they will definitely not travel a, a corner. That's something they really don't do again. They just kind of sit in this cover two, um, really try to play with effort and speed, which I know sounds a bit elementary, but that's kind of their approach. They've struggled against tight ends, so I'm curious to see with potentially three rookies starting on defense on Sunday, does that even limit what they do schematically even more? Um, so they're a team that really relies on an offense just kind of screwing up eventually. And Matt Ryan had a pick in the first half, and the Colts need to be better situationally on defense. They have not been good third down in red zone. Um, so, yeah, that is something that uh, I will have a close eye on. Uh, give me a couple keys to victory for the Colts this week against the Raiders. 
I would say the first thing is, is disrupting Derek Carr's timing. You know, we've talked about it. The, the Russian cover aspects of the Colts is not there. Last week against the Falcons wasn't there last year against the, the, the Raiders. So they've got to disrupt that timing. You know, as you guys know, Carr gets it out extremely quick. Um, secondly, your, your, your depth has got to step up for the Colts. I mean, you're without, you know, Hilton with him being doubtful. You're probably out three of your top five players on your roster. And that's going to be tough. You know, some key, key spots. They've got to rely on their depth. And then lastly, I think they also have to rely on their strengths. They are healthy on the O-line. They're healthy at running back. They're healthy at tight end. You've got to pound the football. And I think if they do that, they should still take care of business and win this football game. Okay, very good stuff there. And final question here. Um, I'm not sure what the line is on the game. I think the last time I looked, it was like close to seven. Seven points uh, the, the Colts were favored by. Um, but but anyhow, what, just give me a game prediction. What do you, what do you think uh, final score? You know, I went with 31-20 Colts. Uh, now seeing that Hilton could be out, I, I might drop that within a touchdown. But I don't know. I'm just not, you know, to be honest, I'm not really sold on, on what I've seen out of Oakland the past couple of weeks. Uh, the injuries, if Oakland can take advantage of that for the Colts, they definitely can make this interesting. Uh, but I, I go back to what I've seen out of the Colts with their offensive line and their run game. If they can play keep away a bit, uh, I think they can ultimately win this game. By a, by a couple of scores. And I'm curious to see how just Oakland reacts, especially if Indianapolis is able to get an early lead. Um, you know, are they able to kind of put the Raiders away a little bit more? They've been very good at home. They won seven straight at home. They scored 23 points, I think, in nine straight home games. So they played really well at Lucas Oil Stadium as of late. Yeah, that's kind of been the issue for the Raiders the last two weeks, especially is is getting behind early or you know or getting off to kind of a, a slow start and, and um, you know playing kind of comeback or catch up, I should say. Uh, anyhow, Kevin, that's all I got for you. Uh, once again, I appreciate you uh, hopping on the line with me and talking some Raiders Colts football. Um, I hope you enjoyed the game this weekend and uh, keep up the good work. Okay. Thanks for having me on, Evan. All right, big thanks to Kevin Bowen. That was a great spot there with him giving us some of his thoughts on the Colts and Raiders matchup this week. I do have some final uh, kind of parting thoughts I I do want to give before wrapping up this show. Uh, this is a very critical game for the Raiders. If you take a look at the schedule, um, if they should not win this week, there's a very good chance that the Raiders could start out 1-6. and six. After the game in Indy, they will hop on a plane and, and cross the pond to get ready for their, their next game against the Bears. Um, and then they will get their bye week in, in Week 6 and, and uh, return to action in Week 7 at Green Bay, followed by another road game in Houston. Uh, so, you, you know, you hate to, to throw around the words uh, must win this early in the season, uh, but I could totally see... You know, th- th- this ship sinking quickly if the Raiders cannot get something positive started this week. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Just Pod Baby. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I do have some quick programming notes. Next week, you might be hearing from me a little bit earlier than normal. Uh, me and the wife were taking the kids on a, a quick two night camping trip Friday and Saturday, so I will not be available to record. Also, for any new listeners out there, uh, Just Pod Baby can be found on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Be sure to tune in weekly. You don't want to miss out on a thing. I hope everyone enjoys the game on Sunday, and go Raiders! <laughs>